Acts chapter 11, if you found it. I'm going to start in uh, probably, let's see, let's start in verse 21. And uh, stay with me, please. We'll read the Word of God together. Let's go back up to verse 19. It says, Now they which were scattered abroad upon the persecution that arose about Stephen traveled as far as Phoenice and Cyprus and Antioch, preaching the word to none but unto Jews only. And some of them were men of Cyprus and Cyrene, which when they had uh, were come to Antioch, spake unto the uh, Grecians, preaching the Lord Jesus. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned to the Lord. Then tidings of these things came unto the ears of the church which was in Jerusalem, and they sent forth Barnabas, uh, that he should go as far as Antioch, who when he had came and had seen the grace of God, was glad and exhorted them all, uh, that with purpose of heart uh, they would cleave unto the Lord, uh, for he was a good man and full of the Holy Ghost and of faith. And much people was added unto the Lord. Then departed Barnabas to Tarshish for to seek Saul. Now this is uh, uh, the Apostle Paul. And when he had found him, he brought him unto Antioch, and it came to pass that a whole year they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people, and the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch. Father, I pray that, God, you might bless the service now, and, uh, God, that your will might be done, and, and God, we uh, leave you here today. Uh, Father, our knees are hitting our chin because of, of how you've come down and visited with us today. And, Father, we need you this morning, Lord, and I pray that, God, your will be done in our lives today. And I pray, Father, that uh, the things I'm going to say will come right from the throne of grace. And, God, you might bless it this morning. And, again, I pray if somebody needs to be saved, that this will be the day that you might open their hearts. Uh, somebody might need uh, uh, their uh, assurance of salvation, Lord. Uh, they might need to get that thing right. And, Father, have been doubting for a long time in their life. And I pray that, God, so many other, you might straighten all those things out today uh, where they can be uh, radiant Christians, Lord, and, and living for you and doing what you uh, want them to do. Father, I pray, and God, others might join the church today for baptism, church membership, uh, every how the church receives members, that they might come. Uh, Father, today, this is where you want them. They uh, know that this is where uh, they're supposed to be, and I pray they might make that move today. I'm asking God you might bless this service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. You know, it's always a joy uh, for a preacher to preach. He, uh, that's, uh, uh, that's what God's called him to do, and that's what he wants to do. And I appreciate that very much. I know uh, back uh, a few months ago, um, none of us were able uh, to really to worship God like we wanted to and uh, didn't have church like we uh, wanted to. But God has opened up those doors, and I'm going to uh, be next Sunday night, is that right, next, next Sunday night, down at Mississippi Baptist Church down in, uh, in Carlisle County. And uh, then uh, uh, then uh, be off a Sunday and then uh, go to Old Grove Baptist Church down uh, in Carlisle County again. Uh, but uh, it's good to be with you uh, here this uh, morning and, and got to uh, teach Sunday school. Uh, it's been a while since I've been able to teach Sunday school, so I'll be here uh, the next three Sundays teaching Sunday school, and I'm glad to uh, be able to do that. Uh, but here this uh, uh, today in Acts chapter 11, uh, I have preached this three or four different ways, and, and uh, God laid this on my heart, and I want to share that uh, with you today. But Christians only been mentioned, I think, about three times in the New Testament. And this is one of the times, maybe this is the first time that it had been. Now, uh, when uh, Jesus ascended back 
uh, to heaven, uh, he told the disciples, and, and that uh, first church there, the first church, of, uh, first Baptist church of Jerusalem, amen, uh, he told them uh, that, uh, that they were uh, to go out in the world and preach the gospel. Well, they didn't do it. They stayed right there in Jerusalem. And so God sent some persecution uh, to that place, and, and because of that, they began to scatter out. And they heard about uh, there in Antioch uh, that something was going on. And so they sent Barnabas down there uh, to find out uh, what was going on. And, and they described Barnabas, the kind of man that he was. Uh, he was full of the Holy Ghost. He was a man of faith. And uh, they uh, uh, and the reason I uh, see that is there in the Word of God, not only that, uh, but uh, he wanted to go find uh, Saul. And uh, Saul, of course, you know, uh, is the Apostle Paul. Now, uh, Saul was like some of us, had a real bad name and a real bad reputation. He was the one that uh, would uh, uh, kill Christians, and he was there when Stephen was stoned to death. Matter of fact, he was holding the coats of the men that were stoning to death. And so uh, he had a terrible reputation for the Christian concerned, uh, but God saved him on the Damascus Road. And he began to preach the Word of God. And so uh, Barnabas wanted him uh, uh, to go get him and bring him over there. And they stayed and they preached for a whole year. Now, I don't know if they did it every day or not, uh, but the way, uh, way I look at it, uh, they probably had service every day. Uh, can you imagine having revival to go on for a year and you came to church every night? Can you imagine that? I'm telling you nowadays, and I was guilty of that myself, uh, you know, the last few years that uh, folks just got to where they wouldn't come to revival, and so I started on Sunday night and ended on Wednesday night, uh, but I put the stipulation on the evangelist, if revival broke out, we'd go until uh, uh, God said it was enough. I did that several times uh, down through the years, and there was times that we extended it and went on, and God blessed. But uh, anyway, uh, they seemed to have had a revival here uh, in this church, in this place, and they sent the right man uh, for the job to see what was going on. Now, uh, I want to ask you this question. What kind of a Christian are you? What kind of a Christian am I? I have to think about this sometime in my own life. Uh, what kind of a Christian uh, am I today? And I hope that uh, I challenge you this morning uh, that you might uh, figure out what kind of Christian you are uh, today. And you know, there's uh, uh, probably uh, seven or eight or nine or ten uh, different uh, things about uh, what a Christian is and that comes to my mind. And sometimes I think there's uh, 57 different kinds of varieties. Uh, you know, a uh, uh, 57 sauce and uh, 57 different kind of Baptist and, and all that kind of stuff, you know. And sometimes it gets confusing, don't it? That you don't know uh, what to believe because uh, uh, that uh, uh, some uh, church might believe this away and some other might believe that away and they call themselves Baptist. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of them today that's got away uh, from this whole book. Amen. I mean, got away from it. And uh, so uh, Alice and I had a hard time uh, finding uh, where God wanted us to be uh, because we'd go different places. They'd have open communion. They'd have, uh, you know, uh, uh, women's song leaders. And I don't have anything against women singing and all that. Uh, but I, uh, I just, uh, it goes against what I uh, think is right. But anyway, and, uh, you know, and, and open enrollment. In other words, they uh, just, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you had to go to the pastor uh, before you could join the church. I don't like that. 
Uh, when you give invitation and, uh, and the songwriter says, let's sing just as I am, that means what it means, don't it? Just as you are. You come to God just as you are, and God will either save you or change your life, whatever you might need in your life. So that's the way I believe things, okay? And there's many other things I uh, uh, believe about the Bible uh, and uh, the doctrines of the Bible. I'm not going against that whatsoever if I possibly can. But anyway, uh, there's all kinds of Christians. Now, there's the unfed Christian. He won't eat. You ever seen one of those? They won't eat. You know, uh, uh, he cannot say as Jeremiah did, uh, thy words were found and I did eat them and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. In Jeremiah 15, 16. So uh, Jeremiah said, God's word uh, was rejoicing to me. It was, uh, 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 I, I want to grow in those things. A lot of uh, uh, Christians just don't grow. Uh, they just will not, uh, you know, come in there and, and get fed like they should. If you don't feed a baby, it's going to die. It'll lose weight. Uh, it, uh, uh, it'll get sick and it'll finally die. And, and uh, because you've got to nourish that baby, you've got to give it milk. And uh, uh, Peter said that uh, 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 the milk of the word that we might grow thereby. And so uh, uh, because of that, uh, if you're going to grow in the Lord, then you've got to have the word of God. I mean, that's just the way it is, isn't it? Uh, and uh, uh, to learn things in your life, uh, to learn how to deal with things, and, and the same way about growing up. Uh, you go to school, you learn things, and, and your mom and daddy teach you things and show you uh, ways you should go uh, in your life to help you to grow up, uh, to be a mature adult. And there's a lot of uh, uh, folks today that never have grown up uh, that's still immature. Uh, because they uh, did not take heed uh, to what uh, folks were trying to tell them that they need to do in their life. And so, but uh, Jeremiah said uh, that he was hungry uh, for the Word of God. And you and I need to be hungry uh, for the Word of God. It, it blesses my heart uh, when you're, uh, I said your pastor, when our pastor, uh, Alice correct me on that uh, this morning, our pastor, uh, I, I, I sit on the edge of my seat uh, uh, when he starts preaching. I'm telling you, I want to get everything I can get. Uh, out of that message and, and uh, it blesses me uh, when uh, he shows me something there that I didn't see before you know and, and when he gets to preaching the word of God and the spirit of God gets a hold of him he gets a hold of me too I just want to make a lap sometime amen uh, because what God uh, has done uh, for our life and, and how that we can grow uh, in the Lord I never dreamed that I'd be where I'm at today never dreamed this Never crossed my mind as a young person that I'd be standing right here today, you know. And so uh, God's word's important. And so uh, they're unfed. Then uh, there's the lazy Christian. He won't work. Don't want to work for the Lord. You know, says you've been saved uh, by the grace of God. Knows Jesus Christ is the Savior, but he won't work a lick. Uh, not for the Lord. And uh, we know that uh, uh, he has never obeyed the command of Jesus. Uh, the Bible says in Matthew uh, 21, I want to read that one. Matthew 21, I like that one. Uh, there in the Word of God, uh, I'll find it here in just a moment. In Matthew in chapter 21, uh, in um, uh, verse uh, 28, uh, he says in the Word of God, uh, let's see, maybe go back up. Verse 27, And they answered Jesus and said, We cannot tell. He said to them, Neither do I tell you, but what authority I do these things. But he said in verse uh, 28, But what thank you? A certain man had two sons. And he came to the first and he said, Son, go work uh, today in my vineyard. 
He answered and said, I'll not, I will not. Uh, but afterwards, he repented and went. And he came to the second and said, uh, likewise. And he answered and said, I go, uh, sir. And he went not. And Jesus said, uh, Whether the twain uh, did the will of the Father. And they said unto him, The first. Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, uh, That the publicans and harlots go in uh, the kingdom of God before you. In other words, he was talking to those Pharisees. And he was trying to get a point across there. The first son he came to, Son, go work in my very day. And uh, he said he would not. I ain't going to go over there and work today. But then he, uh, he uh, got convicted in the spirit. And he, uh, he went uh, to work. Uh, there and the second son uh, said, "Son, go to work in my uh, vineyard." And he said, "Okay, sir, I'll go." But he would not go. Now, there's two stories here. One, uh, the first one uh, repented of what he uh, said, and he went and done the work. The second one did not repent. And uh, he said he'd go. He was just trying to satisfy his daddy. Uh, but uh, uh, he did not go. And so he missed a blessing. And we have folks just like that today, don't we? Uh, some say, well, I, I, I just can't do that. You know, I've, I've said that myself. Well, I just can't do that. Uh, or, or I don't want to do that. But then God would convict me and I'd have to repent and do that that I didn't really want to do in the first place. I didn't want to be a preacher. I'm going to be honest with you. I had no desire uh, to be a preacher. None whatsoever. I never dreamed uh, that I would be. But God stayed on me and stayed on me and stayed on me till finally I said, okay, Lord, I'll do what you want me to do. And, and uh, uh, so uh, uh, I be, uh, God called me and uh, I surrendered uh, my life to him. I don't like to use that word surrendered. You know, it's like you've been arrested. But, uh, you know, uh, I just, uh, I accepted, I'm going to put it this way. I accepted the call of God. It, it's a different in it, you know. Uh, and, uh, and so I accepted that. Uh, but at first, I didn't want to do it. I just didn't want to do it. I said, I'm not going to do it, Lord. Uh, every old drunk I know, when they get saved, they go to preaching. And I made fun of them. I made fun of preachers. And I know when uh, my brother Don got saved, why, uh, you know, he, he, he talked to me about the Lord. I said, I'm all right, Don. Leave me alone. Uh, my dog tags say, uh, come in Presbyterian, so I'm fine. We joined the Presbyterian church when I was a little boy. Now, I don't have anything against those folks. There's some good folks there. Uh, my uh, grandparents on my dad's side, on my mom's side, uh, they were Presbyterian. And I believe they were saved by the grace of God. Don't have anything against them if they preach the gospel. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I, I said, I'm all right. Uh, I'm not going to do it. And uh, finally, uh, and I told him one day, uh, he was really on me hard because uh, we worked together. Well, I mean, we saw each other all the time. We run around together and, uh, you know, just together all the time. And our wives and all of our family uh, work real close. So, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, I told him, I said, don't you send one of them old sissy preachers down there to see me. I made fun of them. I sure did. I called them sissies. I said they work one in the pie shop. And I, I, I ain't changed my mind much about some of that either, amen. Because <laughs> there are lazy, a lot of lazy ones, isn't it, uh, today. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, lazy ones won't work. And you know, it bothers me today. Uh, you know, I followed construction for years and, and had to work public work plus pastor uh, churches. And, and uh, uh, I, I, I'd go to work and work all day, and come home, get a shower, eat supper, and get out there on the field, and, and work till uh, sometime 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night. 
and, and uh, uh, leading people to Jesus and seeing about folks' needs and visiting the hospital and visiting their homes and, and just going day and night. I did that for a long, long time. Uh, and uh, it really aggravates me when preachers today, uh, they'll uh, uh, be called to a church, but yet they don't do nothing. They say, well, it ain't my job. Whose job is it? It's all of us' job, isn't it? And the pastor too. And I appreciate your pastor, your pastor again, our pastor, you know, uh, for uh, uh, taking care of his family. I'm going to tell you something. Uh, 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 God's first, family second, church third. Okay? And I neglected my family a lot uh, down through the years. I was gone uh, at times when I should have been home. I remember one time I was gone. Uh, they got me a call late one Christmas Eve night. And this lady said, uh, uh, you've got to come. My husband's going to commit suicide. You've got to come and see about him. She wasn't there. They were separated. And it was Christmas time, it was Christmas Eve. And so uh, I went down there. The house was dark. I mean, it was late at night. The house was dark. Wasn't a light on anywhere. I knocked on the door. Nobody answered. And finally I eased the door open. And uh, I hollered for the man, and he didn't say a word, but then I heard him crying. And I just followed in the dark back there to where he was at. And there he sat uh, on a couch and had his pistol laying right there in front of him. And no, he had it with his hand. That's what he did. Had it in his hand. And I began to talk to him. He began to weep even louder. He began to cry even more. And I said, well, if you are, are you saved by the grace of God? He said, yes, I know I'm saved. I said, uh, uh, then if you're really saved by the grace of God, you will not follow through on this. You'll get right with the Lord, put that gun down, and get yourself back in church. Well, after about two hours of all of that, uh, talking to him about those things, he finally put the gun down. I got it, put it in my pocket, and... Uh, he came to church uh, that following Sunday and got himself right with the Lord. Finally, I gave him his gun back to him. Uh, but, uh, you know, I neglected my family a lot. Uh, but uh, on one hand, uh, I was doing God's will. On the other hand, I wasn't uh, paying as much attention to my family like I ought to have. Anyway, I learned some things down through the years. How? Uh, to uh, navigate and, and negotiate and, and turn things where they need to be. But I'm here to tell you that God don't like lazy Christians. He don't like them. You can't. How can you be blessed? You can't be. Go on a job somewhere. Uh, and uh, as I said in Sunday school, I've been a uh, union steward, foreman, general foreman, superintendent, uh, all those things all over the country uh, when I was uh, uh, doing millwright work. And uh, uh, you know, you know who the first one that got laid off was? The lazy rascal that wouldn't work. He was the first one got laid off. God don't like lazy people, lazy Christians, then uh, worldly Christians. He won't separate. He does not believe uh, whosoever is a friend of the world is the enemy of God, James 4, 4. Come out among them and be a separate. Touch not the unclean thing in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. God wants you and I to separate ourselves uh, from the world. Now, you can't be like an ostrich and stick your head in the sand and, 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 uh, or go off to some mountain somewhere and build you a, a log home and never see nobody. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about separating ourselves from the worldly things of this world. And uh, 
I remember once I was pastoring a church and, and uh, on Wednesday night we'd go down and eat supper and, uh, you know, before we went to church and, and the guy that owned the place, just, uh, just a heathen, just cussed all the time, but we didn't have to uh, be around him that much, uh, really not at all. Uh, but uh, uh, one Wednesday night uh, we uh, went to eat and we had the grandkids and, and the kids, they all, we all went and ate supper and he was sitting way up front and uh, there was a, a man and woman uh, sitting with him that were members of our church. And he was a cussing and a carrying on and just talking awful. And I told Alice, I said, I'll, I'll never eat another bite in this place. And I didn't. But what really bothered me was that the man and woman was sitting to him were members of our church. And she, every Sunday morning, I gave him an invitation, she'd come to the altar. Come to the altar. Her and grab her daughter. And they'd come down there and bawl and squall. And they'd go back to the seat. And then they'd keep living like they were. You don't keep living like you are. You get different. You separate yourself from that kind of lifestyle is what I'm trying to say. Amen? That's what we do. And then, uh, know that, uh, the tied up Christian, he won't yield. A perfect picture of a tied up Christian is Lazarus going about with his grave clothes on, uh, seeing him bound hand and foot. Jesus said, loose him and let him go. Get him out of that uh, uh, place he's in there. And uh, what a miracle that was. And then uh, I think it's uh, in uh, uh, Matthew 12, 29, talking about uh, if, let me read that one. I, I don't want to mix that up. Uh, chapter 12 and verse 29. Maybe, maybe go back a little bit further than that. I'm not sure. I'll have to look at it and see. Verse 20, uh, 12, 12 and 29. Yeah, he said in verse 29, or else how can a one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods, except he first bind the strong man, and then he'll spoil his house. He that is not with us is against me. Uh, with me is against me. And he that gathers not with me scatters abroad. So folks, I'll tell you something. You can get tied up in this world. You can get so tied up in this world that you are bound and you can't serve God like you should. A lot of Christians down the years uh, have uh, got themselves in such a bind, uh, and I've heard them give testimony, how that they get themselves in such a bind and so tied up uh, that uh, uh, they can't work for God. The devil has got a hold of them and tied them down, and they have made so many mistakes in their life that they can't seem to get out from under uh, that bondage in their life. Folks, we don't need to be that way. Get untied. You're tied up, get untied. Get loose from the things in your life today. Not only that, uh, the timid Christian, he won't take a stand. I've seen a lot of them not take a stand. I don't, uh, I've just never figured out uh, why when a person gets saved by the grace of God that just don't want to tell anybody about Jesus. That just, don't, uh, uh, just won't take a stand for anything. I, I see this all the time even today. Even in some of my own family. Uh, when I uh, say something to them about taking a stand on something, well, I just don't. I just don't see it that way. That just makes my skin crawl, amen? Uh, because they will not uh, take a stand on anything. Won't take a stand on abortion. Won't take a stand on homosexuality. Won't take a stand on drunkenness. Won't take a stand on adultery. Won't take a stand on thievery. Won't take a stand on so many things in your life. Well, uh, that, uh, I, I'm just not convicted about that. You know, you heard that? Well, that just don't convict me. Well, it does me. It bothers me a great deal to see all those things happen. And so uh, uh, we don't need those timid Christians. So, uh, you know, uh, uh, Joshua 1.9 says, uh, Have not 
uh, have not I commanded thee? Be strong and of good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed, for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thou goest. When I was in high school, just had a, a terrible name in high school, and uh, uh, I, I knew some folks in school in, in my class that went to church. I knew some. They went to church, but not one of them ever, ever told me about Jesus. Not one of them. In my high school where I was at, I know I was rotten. I know I was mean, but I wouldn't have hurt them. But they didn't know that, and they were afraid to say anything to me about Jesus. And I could have died and went to hell, and they didn't, uh, didn't bother them. And so I had to, I've had the opportunity down through the years after that to tell those folks, hey, I was one of those lost sinners. I was one of those outcasts that you looked down on. But God saved my soul regardless of what you said or did not say. You know, and that bothered him a great deal. As a matter of fact, I preached some of those funerals down through the years. And so uh, then the defeated Christian, he won't trust. He just can't seem to trust. There's folks like that, isn't it? A lot of folks like A lot of Christians are like that. They just can't trust God. They want to. They've heard it. They've heard it preached. They've heard it taught. They've read it themselves. But they just, for some reason or other, they just can't turn it loose and trust God in their life. God wants them to trust Him. I use illustration. Larry, Larry Fraser used this illustration one time. I liked it. He said, uh, uh, it's like you uh, putting your little boy up on top of a fence post. And you're standing there and say, son, jump off into my arms. And you may have to uh, uh, coerce them a little bit and say, come on, son, I'm going to catch you. Jump off into my arms. And when that boy finally trusts his daddy, he'll jump off into his arms and he catches him. That's what, what God wants us to do. He's telling us, jump off into my arms. Jump off into my life. And I uh, will protect you. I will catch you. I will catch you. And he will. He'll catch us. I remember we were... No, that's another story. I ain't going to tell that one, okay? <laughs> and and we got to learn to trust Him. Uh, Isaiah the prophet cried, Seek ye out of the book of the Lord and read, No one of these shall fail. He said another passage, Acts 42, uh, Isaiah 42, 4, He shall not fail nor be discouraged. I'm, I'm telling you, uh, I, there's a scripture over there in Psalms in 118, I believe it is. In the Word of God, I want to read that one to you as well. Psalms 118 there in the Word of God, talking about trust and, and what we should do to trust Him uh, in, our, uh, in our life. Uh, you know, uh, I think it's in uh, verse 6 through 8. He said, verse 6, The Lord is on my side. I will not fear. What can man do unto me? The Lord is on my side. And don't you know something today? God is on your side. Amen? And uh, he said, The Lord taketh my part with them that help me. Therefore will I see my desire upon them that hate me. Look at verse 8. It is better to trust in the Lord than uh, to put confidence in man. I'm going to tell you something. You know, down through the years, I'd put confidence in some man or, or something like that, and he let me down. You ever had that happen to you? Somebody I thought uh, would tr that I trusted, uh, that I could have confidence in, that I thought that, you know, would uh, be there, uh, would stand with me uh, no matter what I do. Uh, but uh, uh, I found out later they would not. 
being a pastor, uh, I've gone to churches, you know, they call me to be pastor and folks come forward and say, now Brother Gossam, we're going to be behind you. We're going to work with you. We're going to help you. We're going to hold your arms up when they get down and weak. And about six months, I don't know where they went. They gone. Went somewhere else. Look at uh, one more verse here. He said, it's better to trust in the Lord uh, than uh, to put confidence in princes. I'm going to tell you all something. Now, I know you know what I'm saying here. Our government can't change this world. I don't like what's going on. I'm going to tell you that and be honest with you about that. I don't like what's going on. Uh, but I'm here to tell you that no matter who gets to be president, they cannot change who I am. They're not going to change who I am. And I'm going to tell you something else. They're not going to change the world. They can feed all the money they want to feed into all kinds of programs and, and do those things and, and put people in, in modern homes and, and find fa facilities and all that kind of stuff and give them money, welfare money, whatever you want to call it. I don't care what you call it. I, I know that there's folks needs help every once in a while. All of us do. Uh, we need uh, uh, somebody to come up, step up and help us in our life uh, to get us uh, going, to get us back on our feet. I understand all that. But I'm here to tell you that uh, our government cannot change what we are in our heart. Only God can do that. Only Jesus can. And I'm going to tell you something right now. Washington, D.C., Western Kentucky, United States of America, you know what we need more than anything else? We don't need programs. We need Jesus. Amen. We need Jesus. And Jesus comes in. He can change things in our life there. So we got to trust him today. Then the last thing I want to share with you, and there's a lot more, but I ain't got time to share all them with you. Victorious Christians, he will succeed. This is what the Bible says in Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengtheneth me. Through Christ. That's the one who gives us our strength. It's not my own ability. It's not what I can do. But it's what Jesus can do through me. You see? And the last thing I want to show you, John Beloved said, this is a victory, even our faith, that overcometh the world. Our faith is what overcometh the world. That's the victory we have on Jesus. And that whole chapter in 1 John chapter 5 talks about Jesus. Uh, John says, I know, I know, I know. I think about four or five times he said the word no. He knows who he believes. And he trusted him in that belief. If you're having problems, and I know a lot of folks do, especially young folks, they have problems sometimes. They maybe made a professional faith when they was young and didn't understand everything, but you don't have to understand everything. The Bible says come in a childlike faith. You come in a childlike faith, God will save your soul. But there's a lot of young people that have problems uh, with their salvation when they get saved when they're young because of uh, all the negative things that are going on. In, in, in this world. It gets the young people confused, don't it? Gets them confused. And, and some I don't understand. But I'm here to tell you, if you just trust Jesus to save your soul, he'll save you today. He'll save you this morning. He'll change your life. He'll do that for you if you'll just let him in your life today. No matter what. Maybe you are saved and, 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 and God's been dealing with your heart all this time about things in your life. And you know you need to get rid of some stuff. There's some things that you got to get. There's some stuff that you got to get out of your life. You got to get rid of it because it's hounding you. It's pulling you down. It's hurting you. It's keeping you from getting close to God like you should. And folks, I'm going to tell you something. We, got, we need to get rid of some stuff. 
out of our life today. Some stuff that don't really matter. It ain't going to change one way or another uh, uh, your daily life. Some things you got to get out. Then also uh, there is a, a challenge here, a commitment. A lot of folks, you know the reason why that a lot of young folks are not marrying today? They're, they're choosing to, I just call it old-fashioned shacking up. You know why they're doing that? Because they don't want to make a commitment. They don't want to commit to marriage. And it's, 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 all it's doing is hurting them. It's not helping them one bit. They need to get married and still to serving God like they should. There's so many other things I could share with you today. But what kind of a Christian are you? What kind of a Christian are you today? Just think about that for a minute. What kind of Christian am I today? Am I where I need to be in my life? You know, I have to ask my, myself that. As I said a while ago, my own self, I have to ask that. What kind of Christian are you, David? Are you doing what God wants you to do? Sometimes I think not. Really. Sometimes I think not. Would you pray with me, please?